0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network
1: The Unholy Trinity Podcast Three Blues Three Opinions One Everton Podcast
0: Welcome to episode 125 of the Unholy 20 podcast, brought to you in association with Sports Social, the UK's undedicated sports podcast network, and also Fanatics. We're, we're sitting here this morning, Sunday morning, the, the day after the, the night before, we saw Everton four to a, a 1-0 defeat to, to the champions, Manchester City. Um, I think there's only one place to start, and that's right at the end of the game, and the so-called, well, a penalty that wasn't given, one of the most atrocious decisions I've seen since last week against Southampton. Are
1: you as raging as I am about the decision that wasn't given? Do do, do you know what? I I think I'm still more in disbelief. I I think the rage will probably hit me in about two weeks when I I realised that that decision wasn't given. Um, It was absolutely unbelievable. I, I mean, I felt robbed. Um yesterday leaving the game and I, I just felt so much for the players because I thought we were outstanding. I just thought across the pitch you know um, man for man every single one of them they were just brilliant and you, you could see it was the result of you know real hard work um, on the training pitch and real teamwork and it felt like a real Everton performance, um, you know, from start to finish, and I I just felt so hard done by, and it's just, it's so frustrating at, at this level, you know, we're, Premier League, it's the highest level in, in world football, and we should have the highest level, you know, of officiating, if we've got the highest level of play, and I mean, it's hard to know where to start, there's just so many things wrong with, with, with the decision. And for me, why just doesn't go and look at the screen and take fifteen seconds and see it for himself? You know, Paul Paul Tierney. You know, he's the lead referee, he's the lead official in the game. Go and look at the screen. It's a penalty decision. You know, own it. Don't listen to your your mate in the van when um, you know you clearly didn't see it yourself. It's it's just despicable. Um, And you know. Although I, I am in disbelief, that decision, it was just in fitting with the way the game was officiated to me. It just, it just felt like sort of every 50-50 um, went in, in their favour, really. You know, lot, lots of sort of niggly fouls. They, I mean, they played the classic Manchester City, didn't they? Um, you know, break down our play in our half so they don't get the yellow because the ref won't give them a yellow if they if they make the professional foul. In Yeah, yeah. So, in our half we <clears throat> you know which which is clever but it's frustrating because time and time again every, it would come into the Charleston at, at the top of our half and um Llorente or, or Rodri would just essentially throw him to the floor and then walk off without getting the yellow card so maybe I shouldn't be surprised in a way but you know hopefully it's a decision that doesn't cost us um and, and hopefully it's Something that can ignite the players and and get them to play as well they did as they did on Saturday when we we faced Spurs on Monday.
0: I think the I think the really the really sad well not the sad thing about it the most frustrating thing about it was every single person in that ground watching at home didn't even need a replay to see it was a it was a handball. His arm comes well away from his body so straight away. An unnatural position. So it was not as that's not obviously, he could have just carried on with his arms by his side, but he couldn't have got to the ball. So that's that meant he's then got to the ball with his arm. Now, the, the official decision there's a bit of confusion. I know apparently American TV networks were, were showing that um, he, the Charleston was offside in the build up, which he wasn't. So that was clarified that that wasn't the case. He wasn't offside because the lines of drew were wrong anyway. Um, and obviously, we've got a bit more margin now in terms of uh, in in favor of the attacker when he comes to draw the line so richardson wasn't offside so the, the the reason it was given was that the when they make these decisions they have the the green zone and the, and the red zone on in terms of the um the actual player itself and the ball basically was was more in the the green zone if you like or the red zone whatever, whatever way around it is so it wasn't handball now quite clear from replays that the ball struck him on the arm below where his sleeve ends, which is where, what they what the look at. So I don't see how you can get it so wrong. And like you said then, Pete, the referee has got to use the screen. The referee hasn't got to be told, by the way, to go and use the screen. The referee can decide to go and use the screen. And in that situation, like you say, the lead official, he should be saying, I'm going to go over, I'm going to have a look. If, if it's not, it's not. But... The reason that this technology is being brought in is to eradicate this kind of nonsense. We saw it last week against Southampton, which was just as bad. We see it again against Manchester City in about, what, the 84th minute of the game. So we've gone one nil behind recently. We tried to put, obviously take the game some a little bit. We've won a stonewall penalty and are not using what they've got available to make the right decision. And this is where seasons hinge on. These kind of decisions. Now, what happens if we get to the end of the season? And just for argument's sake, we're relegated by a point. What happens? Nothing happens, and that's the thing about it. There's no ramifications. We'll see Paul Tierney and we'll see Chris Cavanagh yet again. Will be a fi- officiating next weekend. I'm sure probably be doing the Tottenham game. One of them on Monday night, and that's the thing. They're not held. They're not held accountable for for such poor decision making. And it's no surprise to me Leader Frank Lampard, after the game, came out. He's going to be fined. He's going to be sanctioned, whatever you want to do. He came out and he was just so honest about the situation and said his three-year-old daughter at home could have seen that that was a handball. Yeah, massively,
2: mate. I mean, uh, you know, one thing I've really liked about Lampard um, so far since he's come to us is, is, the, is, is, is the way he's so honest like you know, in in his press conferences, in in his post match interviews, and he was he was nothing but honest after the game. Um, you know, he was he was absolutely bang on with those comments. You know, he basically turned around and said that's incompetence at best. And if it's not incompetence, then what is it? You know what I mean? And fair play to him because a lot of managers are obviously scared to say what they want to say. Uh, and and you know, for me, if he gets fined for that, which he he'd probably like you said he probably going to, it, then it's a disgrace. He's got every right to call it out there he every single right to call that out. And fair play to Ashley Cole as well for going right over and, and, and having a right go at Tierney as well. Now, to be fair, I'll give a bit of leniency to Tierney because he did say to Lampard after the game that I was the wrong side. If you look at it, he is the wrong side of the ball, so he can't necessarily see if it did clip his arm. But then, obviously, as soon as it goes straight to VAR, and like you said, Mike, you know, there's a common misconception that it, the VAR official, Kavanagh, has to say, you know, you've got to go to the monitor and have a look. He's in charge of the game. He's on the field. If he says, all right, if you're unsure, it's taking you two minutes to check this, by the way, when every single pundit, every single person, like you said, watching the game can see in like 15 seconds it's a handball. So why has he not just said, if you're unsure, let me go and have a look? And he's not. I mean, that's a disgrace in itself. It's absolutely unbelievable. But you are right. As the ball bounces, it does spin slightly, doesn't it? Because it, obviously, richardson has gone through, it's ballooned up off the keeper, so it's got a bit of spin on it. And as it's bounced, it has spun away from his chest. And he's panicked, doesn't he? He's absolutely panicked. And, and he's gone like that deliberately to try and bring the ball down. And he knows what he's done because he, he, his second action is to try and launch it, you know, launch the ball out. And then he immediately looks at the referee like as if to say, oh, no, what have I done? You know what I mean? And then it's the most obvious decision you've ever seen. It's unbelievable. And then the most annoying thing is, in a way, though, is like you mentioned against Southampton last week. That got no nothing, did it? In terms of headlines, zero, zilch. Well, guess why? What? Because it, it's it, what? It's a bit of a nothing game. You know I mean, it's not deciding a title. This, so uh, therefore, we won't give it any sort of TV time. You know, they, these sort of things should be notched up as if to say, like, what are you doing to improve this? You know what I mean? And as we know with Kavanagh, though, um, he's got previous with Everton. Um, you know, it's been it's been obviously sent around social media. That that offside goal, we all remember with Sigurdsson when he was sitting on the floor, which didn't obstruct David De Gea. That would have been a last-minute winner against United. That horrendous penalty decision in the 0-0 against Spurs, again this season. You know what I mean? And, and that was given as a penalty and it was overturned, wasn't it? You know what I mean? You know, clear and obvious error. You know, he clearly unbelievable i mean the guy's got previous and he should never for me now after that decision should never be allowed to officiate at the highest level this season because if there's no deterrent for these referees if there's no deterrent for them they can just get on with it and just get on with it every single week making absolutely shocking decisions because otherwise if he's if he if he's looking at that and goes right if i make a howler here that's me refereeing the championship or division 1 now for the next you know 3 months 4 months then they're going to be like, I better get this right. There's no deterrent for them, and for me as well. I've said this all along. With VAR, it shouldn't be their mate in the van, like Pete said. It shouldn't be them. This should be a completely different neutral team. Whether it's maybe you know ex referees from Spain, Germany, Italy, whatever, just totally unaffiliated with the current referee crop. It shouldn't be this like their work colleague in 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 the van. Do you know what I mean? And also, and I've been saying this for ages, and I think they're about to trial it in France. That there should be dialect as well. There's got, we've got to be able to hear what the VAR official is saying to the official and it needs to be played to the people on TV and to, more importantly to the people in the ground. It needs to be communication. If we could hear what they're, what they're saying, then we'd have a much better idea of their decision-making process. Well,
0: the, the, the baffling thing was that the decision, actually, it, it didn't go on the screen to explain did it, why the penalty wasn't given, which is the first time that that's happened this season involving, involving ourselves. So when you when you see all this talk and people say it's an overreaction and it's not the case. When you see all this talk and comments surrounding corruption, that's exactly why. You know, this system has been brought in to, to make things easier for the on-field referee. And like I said before, eradicate this kind of issue where they're getting obvious things wrong. And then when you when you don't even bother to justify it, your decision on the screen, which is the only communication that fans in the ground have got, what chance have you got? You know, fans at home were making their own mind up. No one heard about the offside. Offside was not mentioned uh, on the on the Sky Sports coverage. Offside wasn't part of it. But then you got fans, you know, on the other side of the world, who were being told that offside was the reason why it wasn't given. But like like I said, it wasn't the case of. Decision no handball, offside. It was no handball, basically because it wasn't handball. You know, and that was the reason. That was the reason given. The fact that the officials on on the field came off and said to Frank Lampard, "You know, yeah, we, we we thought it was a pen." Now, are they saying that after seeing footage, or are they saying that come off the pitch? When well, if you thought it was a pen, give it, give it then, and then it'll go to VAR. And if it wasn't, it will be overturned. So if you if you I know you said he didn't see. He's on the wrong side. I, I'm not being funny. If you're behind it, you can still see his arm was miles away and you can yeah, see it's on the other side. So, but it, it could have been given on the yeah. field, and it could have been overturned. So for me, you know, the bounce probability was even from that angle. It's a handball. So if the whole thing was just totally, totally wrong, and that's why you see these shouts of corruption that come in from from fans when it, when it affects them so so much.
2: Yeah, we, we don't want to go down the conspiracy theory rabbit hole, do we? But I do I do see what you mean. I, I mean, when you see decisions like that, I mean, very, you know, normally in, in like match of the day, Sky, BT, whatever, there'll always be sometimes like a mixed bag of opinions, won't there? Like, oh, yeah, that, that wasn't a pen, or that was a pen, or, you know, fouls, for example, are a bit more subjective. But when it's clear like that, like a handball, and like Lampard even said himself, my three year old child, like you said, Mike, could have spotted it. Then And there wasn't one pundit. has come out and said oh yeah yeah that was that was that was that was the debatable pen that every single one of them has said it every single one of them so that for me then tells you where you need to stand i mean i know what you said there mike yeah you should still be able to spot it the problem you've got now though is that refs because of var they almost overly rely on it as well don't they you know so he's not giving it straight away thinking well it's going to get reviewed it's going to get reviewed (laughs) behind behind it and that's yeah they do they do
0: it's okay to we behind a system that works or is run by competent people. But when it's not, you can't hide behind it. So you've still got it. That's the problem. Referees nowadays don't officiate a game. They rely on on the technology and that's where the problem comes in. So the, the responsibility, the referees nowadays almost just throw the responsibility to someone else and say, yeah, not my problem. And that, I think, is in the minds of officials nowadays when VAR is in play. Because we've seen it where when in the FA Cup, for example, when you, you don't play a game at a Premier League ground and VAR is not in use, which again is incredible in itself, but you see the the standard of, of refereeing and it's poor because they haven't got that to fall back on because they've been so used to having this technology in Premier League games that they struggle then because they have been asked to actually think and, and officiate a game. And the standard of refereeing, you know, we, we said this, I think, over the last sort of two two years, particularly. Has, has gone has gone rapidly downhill, and um, you know mentioned earlier, you know Don, Donny Van Der Beek was booked for a fantastic tackle in the first half. Referee yeah. was saying it was his second foul it wasn't, so he's booked. You know when Alain got booked for descent. I think the little the little niggly things just didn't go Everton's way at all. And um, even Saracity Cole get booked after the game as well, which was just just incredible. And I, I know it's it's football's an emotional game. We're in a difficult position. You know, but like I said, seasons you know are are won and lost or are dictated to by this kind of decision going your way or not going your way. You know, City could, could win the league by a couple of points because of that decision. You know, we don't want to see Liverpool win the league, but that's what could happen. You know, mm. it, it's 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 fine margins, but when you understand when things don't aren't given, when it's it's a difficult decision and it's open for interpretation, that wasn't that wasn't open for interpretation. And he's got it banged wrong between the referee on the field, between the assistant referee down that end, between Chris Caveney. All of those combined have got that wrong. And all we'll hear is tomorrow morning, Dermot Gallagher will be on Sky Sports saying, "Oh yeah, I think it was a penalty," but then we'll see them next weekend refereeing, and that's the problem. Well, that, that, that's why I said before, Mike. that it,
2: it, 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 There's no deterrent. Yeah, you know I mean, there's no deterrent into, you know, it, it's not his first first offence either. That's the problem. So there needs to be a deterrent, you know. What I mean, and 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 also, I know it sounds petty as hell and a bit sort of like you know, like, but you know, he's, he, a Manchester a Manchester ref as well, like you know, what I mean, like, why is he in VAR? You got yeah. Manchester City playing, you know, a team from Liverpool. You know, what I mean, why? I mean, that's just a complete basics, and so that creates conspiracy theories just by that alone. Mm. You know I mean, never mind a contentious decision. But if you saw Liverpool, I think when you saw Liverpool leads in the week. They got a penalty for exactly the same thing. I don't know whether yeah. you guys saw it. Exactly the same type of handball that, that happened where it bounced up and he tried a chest and it hit his arm. No complaints. No complaints whatsoever. In fact, it was given by the on field ref. It didn't even go to VAR. Do you know what I mean? It was just given straight away. So, yeah, I mean, we're going back, going back to the game Pete mentioned there. Uh, well, I think you bang on there, Pete. I think since since Lampard's come in there, I know he's had some indifferent results, particularly away from home, early doors. And, and we've all said, look, he's not going to wave a magic wand. But one thing I can definitely see, him and his team, you can see you can, there's, 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 a, there's a coaching going on here, isn't there? You, know what I mean? you can clearly see that the team is being set up, it's being coached. We're trying to play a different style of football. and And, and, and that's really pleasing to see for me at the minute. There's certainly early shoots and early signs that were, you know, that there's clearly a plan in place here. There's a style of football being developed. Players are more comfortable in possession already. That's noticeable. You know, even in tight spaces, I know City are one of the best pressing teams in the league. And certainly, first half, I thought we were a lot calmer on the ball. You know what I mean? We were passing it through midfield. We weren't always going long to Richarlison. Uh, The ball, when it was going into Richarlison, overall, I think he did really well. I mean, he was a nuisance to them all day against some top centre halves there as well. I thought he had an outstanding game. I thought, you know, the, the midfield three were outstanding. All three of them were brilliant. I mean, credit to Decore coming back after a layoff and then playing like that. I mean, the guy's an energizer but incredible. I thought Alan was given the licence, as we've always said, isn't it, to push on and, and knowing he's got cover behind him. He was outstanding yesterday. I think man of the match for me, Alan yesterday, absolutely outstanding. I mean, breaking up play, winning tackles, you Know b- that burst past Rodri. I thought Alan 10 years ago, that uh, and you know, it's such a shame that because it, it was a lovely pass into um into Kenny. And
0: if you, you just <laughs> it needed a, a yeah, it was a shame it was John Joe Kenny, was, that was the biggest issue. And on, no, on but his, Anyone with a left foot, Mike, anyone with a left foot buries that in the bottom corner. I would you have, know have you know, you know what my left foot's like, I would have put that in the bottom corner just to keep well, it's well, debatable
2: that I mean, you'd have probably ballooned yeah. it over, but but no, but no, but do you know what I mean? It's like. That's what I mean. I mean, they were outstanding. And Van der Bake, I mean, I know he obviously wasn't... You know, the whole team was poor against Southampton. Let's have it right. But I thought Van der Bake, I just said to you off air there, Pete, I think he's a complete midfielder, isn't he? He's good on the ball. He's nice on the eye. He keeps it. Um, he does the basics really well. Typical Ajax school, you know, very good technically. But I like his aggression as well. He's not scared to put his foot in. And like you said, Mike, that yellow card was a disgrace. Because obviously, it was it was a... Look, it wasn't a penalty, that on Alan. We know that because he got straight back up. There was a bit of contact, but there wasn't enough to go down. But then he puts in a great tackle. Um, it was it was on De Bruyne, I think, possibly, was it? Or Rodri, possibly, I can't remember. But anyway, it was a great tackle. And then he gets booked for it. And you're just thinking, what on earth? I mean, he's actually gone in there legally, took the ball, and obviously the man's fell over him, and he's, and he's booked him. I mean, it's absolutely unbelievable. You know what? In terms of how we how we've been playing, particularly at home, the fans have been outstanding. The fans have been outstanding, and Frank alluded that in a minute. Since I've come in, he said it feels a lot more joined up, didn't he? Mm. From from obviously the board to the management staff to the to the players to the fans, he said it feel feels joined up now. And and that 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 Goodison there, it was the same with Goodison against, um, against Leeds the the week. Yeah. You know, dare I say it? You know, there's early signs that we're getting our
0: Everton back, aren't we? Yeah, most definitely. I mean, it's it's you know we we know, what Frank Lampard where Frank Lampard's been brought in to do, uh, we know the position that we're in, and but I think I think seeing the performances we put in against Brentford, Leeds, and Manchester City, probably especially, you can see there's progress there for me. I mean, like you said, that first half at times, okay, there was a couple of times where we might have maybe overplayed and tried to counter back, you know, a little bit too much when we shouldn't have done, but players are it and the only way to get best at doing it is to keep on doing it. You know, you look at that and it's hard and we open them up. You know, you talk about the, the chance we had for uh, for John Joe Kenny but there was other opportunities as well. Like someone. In the first half he's he, he seen a defender come in behind him and he snatched the ball, didn't catch it properly and went right to Edison. Um, you know, there was other other chances there for us especially in the first half and you can see the players understanding now more and more the the role on the side and what they should be doing. Um and, you know everyone, everyone yesterday he was involved in some way, shape or form to put a shift in. You know, we we were gonna to have to talk about the goal. Um obviously it came pretty late on it was eighty 18 minute and the ball wasn't ball. Michael Keane, Pete, are we are we apportioning? Any kind of blame to Michael Keane there? Or was it one of those situations where he just couldn't adjust his feet because he was off
1: balance? I've, I've got to admit, I had a, a terrible view of this from where I, w- I was sat in the stadium because I sit just to the right of the halfway. Um So although I, I could see the ball sort of come across the box and I could see there was some kind of mix up, I didn't have a brilliant view of it real time. And I'm, I've been so... um let's say, cheesed off about the result. I've not watched the highlights back yet. <laughs> so, so, so I've not seen this goal close up. Yeah, mate, uh, Pete, I it's a tricky one. With Key. I
2: thought Key, Key and Holgate did well, by the way. I thought they played well. Um, well, the whole team played well as a whole, but I thought those two guys did did did, did well. And, and It's such a tricky one because it's that deflection off Holgate. It's a, it's a poor ball by Bernardo Silva, first of all. Um, he's not picked anybody out. And Holgate's obviously, you know, try to intercept it. I, I, I don't know what you think, Pete, but I, I, I feel for Keane there. I really do because it's that deflection, his weight's all going the other way, isn't it? His weight's all on his left foot because obviously he's expecting that's where the ball's coming. That last minute deflection means he's completely, you know, he's flummoxed. I mean, look, strictly speaking, he should be nimble enough on his toes to be able to sort of react to it and kick it out for a corner, possibly. But the fact that his weight's all going the other way. I mean, it is really unfortunate that, really unfortunate. And obviously, you know, not only that, he's flicked it straight into, into Foden's path, and it's basically an open goal after that. But he's getting a lot of stick, and and, and, he, and he is he is a bit of a scapegoat, Michael. But and, and I'm not saying he's he's Franco Baresi by any means. He's not. We know that. But um, I felt for him a little bit there yeah, because overall, I thought he, I thought him and Holgate had a good game yesterday. I don't know what you thought
0: yeah I think it's I think it's difficult because with with us we we don't never never seem to concede good goals if you want to put it like that. it was it was a difficult game um for us yesterday. and I've said this before, when you come against up against sides where you're looking or under the previous mind you, where we were looking to sort of defend for ninety minutes, you've got to be switched on at all times, and it only takes one little moment where you're not fully concentrated or you're not switched on. I don't think personally you can blame anyone for that. Maybe stop the first cross, maybe. You know, Holgate's tried to stop stop the ball and it's flipped off his studs. I just think Keane was off balance. They're really doing it. And if we've been there, you know, we've all played football ourselves. And, you know, when that does happen, when you're expecting the ball to go one way and it doesn't, it's so hard to adjust. It really is. And, you know, it's a horrible goal to concede. It was not deserved you know and it was just typical of, of the way things are going for us at this moment in time and i don't want to really sit there and apportion blame to to anyone i think it's i think it's difficult i don't think it was a of concentration i don't think it was not about being switched on it was just unfortunate that it's deflected the way the way that it has
2: i think the i think the irony the irony is, is that it doesn't take that deflection off Holgate. It gets cleared easily. If you look where the ball's going, it's going to a blue shirt. Do you know what I mean? I mean, obviously, Holgate's not to know that. He's, he's, he's obviously trying to intercept it. That's fine. But, you know, sometimes in footy, I mean, you know, that's a bit of luck that you need. And they there was no other way I think they were scoring yesterday. Um, I mean, second half, they stepped it up. They were obviously switching play a lot quicker. Um, you know, Everson, the Everson players must have been out on their feet to be fair, because they put an absolute shift in. And it always is tough against City, because you're chasing the ball, you have to be fully concentrated for 90 minutes, because of the way they move the ball around. And I thought they put in an incredible performance, incredible shift. And it, you know, it was a bit of fortune that then I mean, and, and also special mention to Jordan Pitford as well, because when he was called upon, particularly that double save from firstly from De Bruyne and that second one from Silva was outstanding. Um he was actually going the other way, wasn't he? And he stuck his right arm out and that, that that's a hell of a save that. And I thought Pickford yesterday was outside. His distribution was good as well. Um I thought I thought he played really, really well. But like I was saying before, I, you know, there's there's clearly an identity developing now in terms of how Frank wants us to play. You know, and arguably against the best side in Europe, you know, we weren't scared to press them high up the pitch, were we, yesterday either? And that was really pleasing to see. The amount of times we played City. We played City in the Cup at Goodison last year. And, you know, let's be fair, it was pretty much backs against the wall for 90 minutes job, wasn't it? You know what I mean? Just sitting in a shape. Um, You know, we we were a lot braver than that yesterday. The amount of times we saw our midfield pushing into their half to try and pressure them on the ball and then sprinting back to try and obviously cover the space and, you know, and get goal side again. And I, I, I thought, like I said, there's a real identity developing there. And I just hope we can just... Like Frank alluded to, really, Look, ignore the table now. And I've been saying this now. Now's not the time to panic. Ignore the table for the next three, four, three, four weeks. Let's get these games in hand done, And then let's assess it then. And that'll be our true position then after that.
0: Yeah, we, we, we spoke about it last week, didn't we? Obviously, we've got a big week coming up uh, in March, which, which sees games against Wolves, Newcastle and Wofford. They, they're going to be pivotal to our season. Um, but what, what you mentioned there about Farden an identity, um, which we, we obviously, we, we say this all the time, I was, I've had an identity for years, but we're now starting to see that. And I think yesterday, where you know, we saw this midfield three, with the three players that you'd want to be in that midfield three, to be honest with you, you know, Decoray back in, Alan with a bit more of a licence, and, and Van, Van der Beek as well. We seem to now, looking at that and how well uh, we, we play yesterday, that seems to be the way forward. And we're going to discuss that after this short break. Welcome back to the second part of this week's Unholy Sinsy podcast. We we're going to have a have a discussion around the obviously the tactics that we, that we saw on Show Goodison Park against Manchester City, and us playing this this four four three three formation. Um, we 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 weren't too far away from you would probably argue our best eleven in terms of in that formation. Uh, obviously Dominic Calvert Lewin. Failed the fitness test is out for around seven to ten days. He, he seems to can't, he can't seem to get any kind of break when it comes to injuries. You, you'd think, obviously, the Mari Gray um, and Mikalenko would probably come in to, to a full system. And, you know, when he's back fit, Ben Godfrey, we, we can't rely really on Yegorina. He could be done until April, even at the end of the season. So, looking at that and looking at that formation. Peter, is that the way you want to go? You want to go forward now with with obviously the games you've got coming up. Do you think that's going to be our best formation and our best way out
1: of the predicament that we found ourselves in? You'd absolutely think so, wouldn't you? I mean, it, it seems to be the the best way of accommodating the the personnel and our best players into one eleven, and um, the difference in performance is night and day. I mean, I, I thought we matched City. Um, Yes, they had far more of the ball, but um, I thought man for man, we were just as good and and really gave them a game. And I I think for any side to say that against Manchester City and to shut them out for over 80 minutes, um, you know, is extremely impressive. So I I thought they were brilliant. Um, And I thought the midfield three just, just worked so well together. And, you know, like Lee was saying earlier, Alan looked like a different player. He looked like a, a, a different player. He was he was just able to do that job screening the, the back four. When he got on the ball, um, he was able to go forward. And he had a, just that little bit of freedom and a, a bit more space to sort of run out with it and find a pass. Um, and it, it just helps the whole team shape, you know, to move and get up the pitch. And I, I absolutely think we'll definitely see a, a 4-3-3 or a 4-2-3-1 because he's it, got that option as well, hasn't he, to to have to double pivot and, um, you know, to use sort of Delhi as a, I guess what we might call a 10. So I, I, I think if we can keep players fit, um, we should absolutely be be picking up points in the remainder of these games, but it, it's how the team will respond to the psychological blow of putting in a performance like that and losing the game and losing it so unjustly. And, um, you know, can we sort of use that in the right way on Monday?
2: I think Lampard will spin that on its head, Pete, I think. I think he used that as fuel to motivate them, really, isn't it? Because, you know, he can... Yeah, I think you will go in that dressing room and say to the lads, look, I'm proud of you there today, boys. Not only have you obviously, you know, played well against one of the best sides in Europe here, it's the way you've played, it's the way we've played. We didn't just sit off and defend our 18-yard box for 90 minutes, like I was saying. Yes, they had a bit of a spell in the second half, First off, we more than gave as good as we got and arguably had probably the, the, the clearest chance in that chance for, uh, for for Richarlison as well. Not many teams restrict City to that. Not many teams do it. And look, I know Spurs beat them last week and they beat them last week playing not too dissimilar, actually, in terms of, you know, being, being tough to break down, closing down the spaces, but then showing quality, um, you know, if we had had a little bit more composure and quality in the final third maybe we could have nicked a couple of goals like Spurs did um but obviously you know harry kane was like we said last week was outstanding in that game um and arguably the difference you know between between the two sides but yeah i, I totally agree with that three in midfield now i mean we've been asking for well, we've been talking about it all fans have been talking about it for ages and we you know can we get that three in midfield there um, and they all complement each other. They've all got slightly different attributes. Um, and if we just if we can keep those three guys fit now between now and the end of the season, almost more than anywhere else on the pitch, really. If we can keep those three guys fit, I think we'll control a lot more games. We will control a lot more games, definitely. Um, and I was really pleased the way the way the way they played yesterday. And, and the staff there have got every right to say to the players after the game, there, hold your heads up high, there, boys hold your heads up high because you you more than deserved a point out of that game
0: yeah I don't think I don't think the players are going to come away or they definitely shouldn't come away um, after after the game yesterday feeling downhearted by all means you know you should be uh, you know it was unjust we should have probably got a point from the game and the, their efforts certainly deserve that but I think if, if they look back and, and I'm, I'm sure they will insane in and go through the performance and, and, and break it down each and every one of those players should be proud of what they've done there, and you know there was moments of, of quality, uh, like we said earlier on. You could see in that setup, the players were, were being brave at times, which you've got to be against Man City. We, we certainly couldn't just go long because there was no Dominic Calvert Lewin, and um, Rich is not not obviously as good in the air. But as we said earlier on, when Richardson added had his back to goal and the ball was played into his feet, he drew the fouls really well, um, and, and and he made he made Diaz commit which is exactly what you what you want to see um but th- that that system there just seems to be a little bit more control you know whether it be in an attacking sense being brave or also in in a defensive setup and the players just seem to be um you know they were flexible within within the setup but they, they were holding the relevant position they were making it difficult for Manchester City and you know when when you when you lose a game 1-0 to a, a real scruffy unlucky goal as we did. And, okay, Jordan Pickford made a couple of outstanding saves that double save in the second half, the, the pick of the bunch. But you wouldn't say he was peppered. You wouldn't say he was under loads of pressure during the game, you know. And th- that shows you that the setup of the manager as, as, uh, as, as brought out yesterday was, was the right thing to do. And with those personnel in that midfield three, I'd say, specifically, it shows you what we can do going forward. And in that setup, I think we, we, we you know, that setup and that intensity beats many teams in this league. That's the important thing to remember. We know we've got games in hand. We know, I mean, obviously we, we prefer points on the board, but we've got games in hand against sides in and around us. And I've got, I've got to say, if we go in with a four three three, and we, you know, we can bring a couple of players back in as well with a little bit more quality than Mary Gray, I'm sure we'll come in. Dominic Calvert-Lewin, Nikolenko will, will get his get his time. Ben Godfrey's not not far away from being being back to full fitness. All these players can come in, will improve the quality. You've got Deli Ali chomping at the bit now to try and get get a start in that side as well. Then you know, I think I think that we we will we will cause issues for for a lot of sides that we're to face for the remainder of the season. But like you said, Lee, I think it's the manager alluded to it. It's important that we've got to be calm. Don't get too drawn into the league table at this moment in time. Let's, you know, let's play our games in hand, first of all. Let's see where we are in, say, two, three weeks' time. And then we can assess and we, we can then go forward. Um, but I think I think a lot of, a lot of sort of relies on the energy of the team. And, and the most impressive thing that I've seen since Frank Lampard came in, obviously his coaching staff, is an increase in, in intensity. I know we haven't been great away from home. But the first sort of 50 minutes against Southampton, I thought we played with an intensity and you could see what we were trying to do. Again, I think it's mentality with us. That's going to be, be a big shift. And, you know, when you, things don't go your way, you know, a decision doesn't go your way in a game and heads go down. That's what it's sort of, it's sort of uh, hinged on, I think, in that game. But the real, the real change in intensity is, has been the big thing for me. And in that formation, when you've got players who are quite dynamic, the likes of core in midfield coming back in, Alain being allowed to go further forward, Van der Bek is, is all all action. And you've got, the, obviously, the pace on the wing with Anthony Gordon, uh, Damari Gray, Richardson, you know, Awobi, we didn't mention Awobi when he was he closed down, I think, every single Man City player in the space of 30 seconds after he lost the ball yesterday. Now, would you have seen Alex Awobi do that six, seven weeks ago? I wouldn't have thought so. So you know this this system, I think, caters to a lot of our strengths and a lot of the strengths of the, of the players. Um, and yeah, I think just, the just... word
2: sorry, Matt, I think the word Pete used, it, you've been using Pete when we were under Rafa, was the word passive, wasn't it? I think that, that that's the word passive, and, and 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 we're certainly not passive
1: under this manager. Uncomfortably passive, though, as well. It, it didn't suit the players, yeah. did it? Like like we said so many times on the podcast, we we don't have the squad or the team to. Play that kind of football, you know, sit back, soak it up and, um, you know, f- feel lucky if you if you get something out of the game and it's not the right mentality for us. So, I mean, that this change is, is absolutely what, what we need and hopefully what, what's happened with Rafa might be a blessing in, in disguise. Um, I, was, I was watching actually the, the Graham Potter interview after they lost 2-0 to, to Villa and it, it made me think. It's just for me. He's not the right right man for Everton. i I know he's been linked with us a couple of times when we've um, we've been between managers, but I just can't get over the mentality of, of the man who plays some lovely football, and then they lose a game, and he's it, it, almost sort of Sean Dyche, esque in his comments that, um, you know, the other team were were brilliant and they're a really good side, and um, we, we've got to pull our socks up and, and go on to the next game. And I think you just wouldn't get away with that at, at Everton. Um, and I think Lampard just really seems to have have got it right, looking to to get us to play good football, but he understands the club and, and sort of the expectation. And I think he like you said, Lee, does such a good job of sort of tempering expectation but also holding standards. And I don't think we've had that balance for a long time in a in a manager really.
2: I was gonna say that to you, Pete. What what's your what's your thoughts on you know I mentioned about is his press conferences his post match interviews uh, what's your thoughts on him in terms of how he's come across
1: i think he's he's got it perfect i i, I just i think he's spot on i think he's a, a really good fit for us um you know he, he was an, an unbelievable player he, he was arguably one of the the best midfielders in um in the world wasn't he you know at, at the time he played and i just think he he understands the club he understands the the game, he understands. I think that the position we're in and our potential, and um, he's got really good ideas about how to get us there. And I, I just think he, he's managing us week week to week, you know, sort of perfectly. I mean, his his comments, like you said, uh, they're always measured, but they're always honest. And I, I think again, the Evertonians appreciate that. You know, we're, we're football people. Um, you can't tell us something's brilliant when it when it isn't, and you, you know. If he continue to be ultra negative as Rafa was, again that starts to grate on the the fans and the players as well because it it doesn't fit with who we are. And um, I think he's shown how adaptable he is, and I, I hope he's given time. and I, I hope the uh, the players continue to play for them, but play for him like they did on um, on Saturday. Because if, if they do, we'll have no problems at all. We're
0: interested to see how he how he uh, operates as well with the the new director of football. who was announced. This week, uh, Kevin Thelwell has come in, so former Wolves sport and director. He was at, was at New York Red Bulls, he's he's come from as well. Um, so that's going to be interesting, isn't it? Because we've now brought in a new director of football since Marcel Brand's uh, part of company with the club. He, he seems to have a decent reputation in terms of his, especially at his time, his time at Wolves, likes so of you Diogo Ziota, he was obviously doing doing very well, doing well at Wolves, doing well at Liverpool um Traore came in, then Donker. you know players like that were, were brought in under under his watch. So now we've got that sorted, out which is really important that we haven't waited until sort of April or April and May, you know, with the, the, the season nearly over. We can now look to identify targets for the for the summer as well and and how he works with, with Frank Lampard and with Frank Lampard's team. Um and it, you know it's it's certainly we, we, we know Marcel Brown's got a lot of stick, didn't he? A lot, a lot of time, you know, for certain players and, you know, what does he do and things like that. But I think it's important, isn't it, with with disappointment that he's allowed to do his job. He said it time and again with, with Marcel Brown. He was never allowed to fully operate as a, as a, a, a director of football, you know, in, in any any guys, really. You know, we had the responsibility of the academy. And I think he was almost told a lot of the times what, was, what to do in terms of transfers and things like that. So this is this is obviously part of this this refresh and this you know restructure if you like. So let him do his job is probably the message I would I would give. Um let him work with the manager in conjunction and, and hopefully it's going to be a, a decent a decent relationship. And us as fans have got to obviously allow him allow him the time as well to to do his job. But he certainly comes in I think Lee with a, a decent background obviously in Premier League football with a good reputation um, and, and something which I think the fans can can fully get on board with.
2: Yeah, it sort of came out of the blue, didn't it, when it was announced in the week, really? And a bit left field, you know, his name wasn't really linked with the job. Um, you know, there was a few other names linked with the job as well. And, um, you know, I know they've been doing a review in the background uh, of the structure and everything else. So they've obviously, uh, you know, but I believe, reading reports, um, you know, him and Cahill have crossed paths as well. As well so you know i know kales obviously been over in the states um obviously with the red bulls and things like that so, so maybe it was a recommendation from tim um you know we don't know the full background no doubt there'll be uh, some some info uh and, and an interview with with the guy once he's in but um interesting appointment still pretty young i think he's only 38 the bit of background reading i did on him you know he's he's had he's he's sort of didn't quite make it as a player um was one of the youngest people um to get his coaching badges, in terms, I think he was 25 when he got all his coaching badges. Uh, he ended up doing quite a big stint with a, a setup of a, a young manager, tra- or te- or coaching young managers uh, in Wales. Um, a lot of the actual people like Arteta have since been through that that school that's been set up over there as well. Um, so yeah, the, the, the guy, you know, let, let's see how he does. I mean. Hopefully, you shouldn't really have to see or hear too much from the sporting director, should you? I mean, they should be going a lot about their job quietly, and like you said, Mike, given the unlike brands, given the keys to actually uh, to actually do the do the physical job, and the key is him and Lampard, and, and Lampard strikes me as a guy that you know I don't think he'd fall out with many people. To be fair, he seems like a you know a really likable character. And, yeah, you know, let, let's hope they can they can get their heads together and, and obviously no doubt they'll be working on summer targets already uh, or at least uh, developing a list. Um, but first and foremost, obviously we you know we've got we've got to keep our status in this league and we're in a false position at the minute in terms of the way we've been playing recently. Certainly, and it's just a shame that we you know we were playing a team of the caliber of City. Um, we haven't got an easy game coming up. Obviously against Spurs away, we've hit a little bit of form recently as well, um, albeit they had a bad run. But that won't be an easy game. Obviously, Kane Kane is starting to show things again. So, um, you know, that week that you alluded to there, Mike, is 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 going to be pivotal, isn't it? That is not it It's the Wolves, Newcastle. Um, it was it we've got after that? Uh, is it Brentford? Is it Brentford? I think it's Brentford, isn't it?
0: Brentford's the back end of the season. Brentford's our last, How is it? last home game off the top of my head. Oh, sorry. Who is it? So it's Wolves, Newcastle,
2: and someone else, isn't it? And then the loft, uh,
0: away. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's those sort of seven, eight days, which are massive to, to obviously to our season. If you can, you know, I don't want to start predicting those games, but if you can come out to them with sort of six, seven points, you're in a much better position, aren't you? I think looking, looking ahead, taking points off sides around, you, and you feel a bit more comfortable. Um, but it's up to the players. You know, we, we've seen what the players can do, how they can perform. Um, so it's up to the players to make sure that they, they continue to put a shift in. Um, and you know, as you say, we, we can assess we can assess things much better at that particular point. Uh, but a long way to go. No time, not another time for, for panic. That's for sure. Uh, but the next game coming up, it's a it's it's a busiest week, isn't it? Again, FA Cup's back uh, Thursday, Goodison Park, quarter past eight, kickoff. You thought that one up uh him on a on a, a Thursday night but we're back at Goodison against against and Wood. Um big game, you know it's we we've got to wanna to progress in the FA Cup and at the end of the day we've got, got to want to win the FA Cup. So we're gonna take our final break and discuss that in a, in about thirty seconds. Welcome back to the final part of this week's Unholy Chency podcast. And like I said it's it's gonna be FA Cup week. Uh, as as Boren would come to Goodison Park on Thursday, um, I can see I can see quite a few changes. Obviously, we've got a few cup tie players um, within that squad. So Vanderbeek, who did hobble off yesterday, but I think it was with with a bit of cramp. To be perfectly honest, he sat on the bench after the game. He didn't go down a tunnel, so he he obviously can't play. Uh, Daddy can't play. elgazi can't play. So we're going to see going to see a few changes. That's for sure. To that that start eleven. Um, but although obviously Boreham would uh, and on the side Lee, we, we, we can't take them you know, can't take it for granted we can't take them too lightly we've got to be professional and approach the game and, and look to, to beat them by about 5 or 6
2: <laughs> It just totally uh, uh, negated your comments at the start there with a 5 or 6 victory. Big... I mean, yeah, I mean look it's at home, you know let's let's be fair, you know, they've had a hell of a, hell of a cup run until now, It's it's a great story, the cameras are going to be there, Um, you know, we can't write them off, you know, strange things have happened in cup football, we can't write them off at all, I mean, they're going to be well up for it, they're bringing a, a load of fans as well, and that'll be great for them, Everton's done a great job as well, in terms of, I think they've, um didn't they, help them with a kit, designed a kit, didn't they, because obviously the uh, colour clashes as well, so fair play to them for that as well, and, Look, we've got to take it. We, it's 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 a game of football. You know what I mean? It's it's to get to the quarterfinals of the cup. So you know, it's it's not a free a free buy by any means. And and we've got to turn up on that day. Yes, you'll probably make changes. I can see Patterson coming in for his debut at right back. Hopefully, Sheamus will need a rest, ready for the game against Spurs, and um, maybe a few other players will, will will get a start as well. But I, I think we've got to go in there and and. And play, even though it is a team that's nowhere near City's level, but play with that same intensity. That's got to be our way of playing. We've got to overwhelm them. We've got to press them on the ball. Uh, you know, try and get Richarlison a couple of goals if we can as well. Um, I'd want him to start actually and play up front and try and get a couple of goals. I think he's been, like I said, you know, certainly at home, he's been he's been excellent. And 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 we can get him a couple of goals going into the Spurs game. That'll, that'll give him a, an extra lift because he's doing the other side of the game incredibly well at the minute. Um, so, yeah, for me, take the game seriously, play with the same intensity, you know, don't drop off at all. Um, and, and, and just, and like you said, Mike, try and come away with a comfortable victory with a few goals going into a, a really important game on Monday.
0: Like you say, with it being obviously FA Cup game, anything can happen. They they're bringing a decent uh, contingent from their neck of the woods. <clears throat> it is a sellout. You wouldn't expect anything less. Obviously, the Everton fans have been fantastic as, as ever this season in terms of the you know making sure the Goodson Park is packed out. Um so it's gonna be it's gonna be a, a difficult game in that sense, because anything, as I say, anything can happen. Uh, they they're flying high. You know, they, they won again yesterday Boringwood, the third in the National League with three games in hand on the top two you know, which you know, win those, they they could they could be top of the, the National League and looking to get promoted into, into league football. So certainly no mugs, you know, on the on the periphery of league football. Um, but you've got to think Pete, haven't you? As long as we are professional and we do approach the game correctly, as I say, there is going to be changes because of people being cup tied and maybe a few little niggles here and there. We should have too much, shouldn't we? As long as as I say, the attitude and
1: application is is correct. I mean, undoubtedly. I mean, professional is the word, isn't it? Our, our second string, uh, should, I mean, should absolutely be more than enough to to be a national league side. Um, so I, I hope I hope he just rests as many players as possible because the focus has got to be Monday night, is not it? And you you know that you could build a, a strong team. You know, be- Begovic, as you say, Pat Pattinson, Branthwaite. Um, you know, you could potentially start towns. Then now that now that Gray's back, because it seems at least for now that maybe Lampard's been sort of favouring the pace of a um, You know, Rondon. You, you, you know, you'd hope would be um, a real handful for for their defence. Yeah, of course we've got we've not got to take the game lightly, and we've you know we've got to respect them. I mean, they knocked Bournemouth out, didn't they? So if, if they're good enough to beat Bournemouth, they're, they're good enough to give um, to give us a game on the day, but. Yeah, rest rest the first eleven, rest rest the um, as many the, as the first team squad as possible, and you know there's good opportunities here for the likes of Darbin and um, Onyego, isn't there? Um,
0: I think I think there's opportunities for a few. I think I, I'm always worried really about making too many changes, if you like. So I know obviously, like you say, some will be four, but the likes of you know. Played like like Dobbin. he's had very little league football. Um, I'm not really sure you'll get the nod. The likes of Brown, though, though, Michalenko, uh, Patterson, those are the kind of players that I'll probably expect it to come in. Uh, the, you know, the, the back four have played a lot of football in recent weeks, and it'll be good to see those other players get an opportunity uh, to see what they can do against lower league opposition. But you've got to, you know, you've got to start somewhere. And, I know people have been calling for Patterson to, to get a chance, but it's not as easy as that, you know, in, in the situation that we're in. If we're sitting mid-table and, we're, you know, we're doing OK, then that's where you can give you know these, these kind of players the opportunity. He's a young kid. Um, he's got to be built up to, you know, to, to first team football in the Premier League. And this is an opportunity for him. And I do think he'll come in. As I say, I think Nikolenko comes in, Brantwaite, Um you know, the midfield is going to be changes. be interesting to see if we go 4-3-3. Who does he put on the midfield? Obviously, we're going to have Alandacori. Do we want to risk the core again? You know, sort of four or five days after he's played, 90 minutes after being injured. Uh, big game, obviously, come up against Spurs on a Monday as well. So, it'll be interesting to see who comes in. Will, will Tyler Onyango get the nod? Will he, will he come in to, to that side? Who knows? But... I think, like I say, the important thing for me is not so much the, the personnel as such, because we should have enough regardless of, of, of who starts the game. It's just the application of those players. Um, and if we get that wrong, if we take things take things lightly, if we just see it as a, as a walk in the park, then we'll come unstuck. doesn't matter who we are. We've seen many teams over the years do it. We've done it ourselves countless times against, you know, sides that we should be beating so we've just got to get it right uh and i think you know a couple of goals in the first half would be nice to settle things down and then just obviously if we can if we can sort of get ahead and then take our foot off the gas a little bit and manage the game then that's exactly ideally what what we what we need to be doing um, I, think, so,
2: I think I think on that basis i think we should go strong in the first certainly first 60 minutes just try and win the game then rest the players rather than the other way around you know the, Let's say we do make wholesale changes. and What happens if it's nil-nil after 60 minutes? You know what I mean? And then we've suddenly got to start bringing on like the likes of Alan, the likes of DeCorey, the likes of Richarlison. I, I think, yes, make changes. You know, a few changes there. But I, like I said before, I'd start Richarlison. I'd start Richarlison and try and get him a couple of goals because, you know, that that's a chance to lift his confidence a little bit in front of goal as well.
1: I don't think we can risk it. I mean, imagine if one of them picks up a knock.
2: Yeah, but Pete, I mean... This is a real opportunity to get through to the quarterfinals here. You know, most of these times these teams now let's blitz them, try and get two or three up, then rest the players. It
1: because is. But, you know uh, what I mean, if it's nil nil, no, it's great a relegation scrap, aren't we? We've got to got to stay in the league. I mean, for, for me, I wouldn't have Richarlison in the starting squad for, for uh, in the squad for Thursday at all
2: I, I think we've got to I think we've got to go all that you, you know there's a risk getting injured full stop in footy anyway even if you play for, for 30 minutes 60 minutes or 90 minutes so for me win the game and then then bring off the players and, and, and rest them accordingly. I'm not saying go with the same team as City obviously I think like you said we can make Mikelenko can start Patterson can start possibly Brandtway can go in there Andre Gomez can come in there you know there's a few changes there already but you know, for me, I, I think we, we we take we have to take them seriously. You know, they've got they've got to this stage. You know, they've got the it's not the first round of the cup, is it? You know, it's it's literally a chance to get to the quarterfinals.
1: I think we've got to take them seriously, but not not as seriously as as the league. Yeah, what do you think, mate? Yeah,
0: well, you know, we all want to win want to win the FA Cup, and but I, I totally get Pete's points. It's a balance, isn't it? It's it's a real balance between the two because. You know the, the table doesn't lie. I know, I know Frank's told us not to look at the table, but obviously you can't help it, and it gives you gives you hard palpitations every time you do. Um, obviously, you've got that hope that we've got games in hand, and we've got, as we said earlier, games against sides around us. Um, so it's a balance for me. I wouldn't go in there with the stronger side we've got from the off. I think there will be definitely be changes just because we've got to manage players. You know, as I said earlier on, a lot of those players, especially the back four with the injuries that we've had have played a lot of football including John Joe Kenny, you know, he's out out of position. Get Mikhailenko in. definitely, he'll definitely come in. You know, there's no question for me. You know, I think Patterson, as I say, will come in. Brantway, you could change three of the four, no, no problem. Uh, you know, Ben Godfrey isn't too far away. So if it's not Spurs, then I think he'll be in for the following the following weekend anyway. Um so yeah, I, 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 there will be changes, as I say, you know, I mean who comes into midfield? It's, it's a big question, isn't it? Because do you go with the Corian and Alan? You know, does does Gomez then come in in the central area? Does Onyango get, get the chance? I think there's got to be a real balance between between the two, you know, between the league and the cup. At the end of the day, if someone said to me, you can win the FA Cup but, but get relegated or not win it and stay in the Premier League, for me, you stay in the Premier League, that, that, that's where we are. There's, we, there's no question. And we all want to win it, Sophie. We know how long we've gone winner Sophie, but that's not even a question for me. We cannot lose our Premier League status. We cannot. That would be unthinkable. Yeah,
2: look, I think I think we, we can we can still go strong and, and but just not make wholesale changes. I think you've know, we've just we've just named four or five changes at the back and in midfield there. This is a chance for Lampard to look at Gomez in a three now as well. You know what I mean Let, let's put Gomez in a three in there and let's see how he plays. You know everyone's been saying obviously he really struggles in a two because he's got too much ground to cover and into that and he's not the best defensively it's an opportunity for him now, isn't it, to put him in a free, let's see how he plays. You, well, know, you, you, can, insist- have you can have a look at a couple of players here and and, and, see, how, and, and see how they play. So let's, let's see how Patterson plays. Okay, albeit it'll be against weaker opposition, but it's a chance for him to, to really push Coleman, isn't it? And say, so, look, because from what the snippets we have seen of him, he's got loads of energy, he's very direct, he's aggressive. Let's see how he plays. He might have an absolute worldie and then he goes, oh, I've got a decision to make for Spurs here now. now he'll probably still go with Coleman for experience. And where we are in the league, but that you know, it's an opportunity for the lad to put put a marker down, isn't it? Frank's pretty much come out and said he doesn't quite think he's ready yet. Certainly, as you know, these games actually mean something, and you know, because we're, we're trying to stay in the league. But it, it's an opportunity for the likes of him and Branthwaite and even Mikulenko himself to try and you know try and push Kenny at left back. I never thought I'd say those words, by the way, but, he, but but you know what I mean. I think I think this is a real opportunity for some of those players, albeit against weaker opposition. To, to you know, Frank will be saying to him, "Go and show me. Go and show me why I should be picking you next week."
0: Mm-hmm. Well, the interesting thing is, Andre Gomez wasn't on the bench yesterday. So, has he got? Is he injured? Has he just not been selected for the for the squad? Um, who knows? Um, so we, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, but you know, it's 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 an important important game for us. As I say, we've got important games now from every week to the end of the season. You know, Leeds are just sat Elsa by the way, as we've been speaking. So, I'm sure right. now that new minds will come in and look to give them some kind of kind of bounce. They've they been in three, four them, and Brentford are the ones I'm looking at. Games in hand on, looking to catch. Um, so, the back end of the season is going to be very, very important, and we've got to we've got to start picking up points. We've got to we've got to win on Thursday. You know it's it will be unforgivable to lose that game because you want to be you want to be getting through to the quarterfinals. Anything can happen when you get to the to the finals of any cup competition. Um, so we'll see. So you know the, the message really is you know pick a, a side that's capable of winning the game, be professional, and hopefully come through without any any injuries. That's probably the key. Uh, but let's have, have a round of predictions before we finish, Lee. What are we saying? Yeah, I think, if,
2: like I said before, if we go, if we go with a seventy percent strength side, I, I, I think that should be enough to win. But we shouldn't, we shouldn't write these guys off. They, it's a game of their lives. Some of these lads, they're going to be up for it. So we should have too much for them. Uh, there's loads of signs for me that we are improving in, in a lot of areas. Um, so I think there'll be plucky early
1: doors, but I'm going to go three nil. Pete? Four nil. Two for Rondon. Two for Townsend. <laughs> Two for Rondon
0: You you on drugs? <laughs> yeah, I have honest with I was gonna say four, but I'll go five just so I can be different. Um I, I think we will. We will be fairly comfortable. Um great, great for bore wood I'm sure to travel to, to good some park, but listen, I've got no time for romance. Go out there, be professional, absolutely bladder them, and then look, look forward then to, to Monday, Monday night against Spurs.
2: Just wanted to mention quickly before we finish up, mate, um, the massive, massive, massive credit to our football club yesterday in terms of what they did for um, the atrocities going on in Ukraine at the minute. Um, we all saw the scenes uh, with um, Zinchenko and before the game. Um, I thought it was highly emotional, actually. Um, it really, really was. Um, I mean, that's testament to our club, that. It makes me proud to be an Evertonian when when we do that. You know what the players did coming out with the flags, the banners that were put. You know the banner that was put up in the Gladys was fantastic. Uh, just a massive nod to our to our fans there for being you know classy as ever when it comes to that. Even when Zinchenko went up to warm up, he was getting you know a standing uh, standing ovation and things like that. And you know what's going on over there is is, is horrendous, and we've, we've we've all been affected by it. Um, and, you know, massive, massive credit. I mean, Pete, you were there. We didn't make the game yesterday, but Pete, you were there. I mean, it would have been pretty emotional, I imagine, was it, being in the ground?
1: Yeah, it was incredibly, um, incredibly emotional. Uh, and I, like you said, I think the club, they just got it so right, didn't they? And, you know, we, we've yeah. talked so often on the podcast about how the club have maybe got certain things wrong through no want of trying. But I, I think when it comes to, to things like this, Everton are just always class act. Um, I think we showed that again yesterday.
0: Yeah, it was it was uh, unbelievable scenes there. You know, even before the game, you, you saw obviously Zinchenko and Mikhalenko have a conversation. Zinchenko was very emotional throughout, even the warm ups, and then when he came out, and obviously we, um, we we played obviously the Hollies, he ain't heavy came on, and he was he was crying uh, within the in the dugout. Everton plays obviously with the Ukrainian flag taped over the shoulders and yeah you know it it, it puts a lot of things into perspective of course when you you see the atrocities that we are seeing you know not too far from home let's get it right it's not not too far from from where we are um frightening for for everyone involved you know we hope we hope obviously we're obviously we're not political on this podcast of course but speaking as human beings we hope that, that things do do die down very, very quickly, and, and common sense, common sense prevails. But obviously, our thoughts are with everybody impacted and affected by by what's happening um, in in the Ukraine at this at this moment in time. But the, the club, absolutely fantastic yesterday. Expect nothing, nothing less. The banner was 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 fantastic as well. And um, like I say, let, let's let's hope that, that common sense does prevail. Uh, but that's us for this week. Um, We'll be back before the Tottenham game because we're playing Monday. We'll be back next weekend to look back on the on the Borough and game, uh, look ahead to Spurs. Massive Monday night football game, of course, for ourselves. Time to start picking up points and get up to the up to the Premier League table. So we will we will catch you then. The
1: Unholy Trinity Podcast: Three Blues, Three Opinions, One Everton Podcast.